just heard was Benjamin Britten uh, from the ceremony of carols, his spring carol, sung from St. John's College in Cambridge, England. And even though on this 4th of July weekend it might seem a little strange to be listening to music from England, um, we let bygones be bygones here. So we uh, loved hearing that little bit of beauty as we began our service today. Uh, welcome to the uh, Tiny Gospel Radio Hour. Um, this is brought to you live by Poolsville Presbyterian Church. We are located deep in the heart of Montgomery County, Maryland's Agricultural Reserve. I am remote today. I'm actually broadcasting to you from uh, Western Maryland, up near Deep Creek Lake. And I am the Reverend Dr. David Williams, your host and pastor uh, for the next little while. Uh, we're going to be listening to a bit of good Jesus music, offering up prayers, settling ourselves down in the grace of, gos of the gospel, and just generally sharing together today in this virtual space our worship with one another. Um, there are announcements in the life of the church uh, that folks should be aware of. Announcements come to us weekly via email by, via the Poolsville Presbyterian Church eDove. Um, so you should have received those. If you haven't, you can pitch us an email. Contact information's right above. Um, send an email. We'll make sure you get you get put on that list. A um, couple core pieces to uh, engage with, um, with the support of our musical director Monica Daly and other folks in the choir and music program. We are looking at a uh, at an adult education and extra program this summer, uh, exploring the American spiritual as a form of music, as a form of worship, as a form of self-expression. And we'll be actually hearing some of that towards the end of the service. Uh, but keep an eye open on your announcements for the three uh, of these events that are coming up in the life of the church. And the first one's going to be this Wednesday. So look for that schedule. We'll be hearing music, hearing people who produce the spiritual as a form and who've studied it, uh, sharing with us. And it'll be well worth engaging with. Uh, so that's keep an eye here on Facebook um, or on your announcements for the specifics around those activities. Um, we're also currently looking towards doing an in-person worship this next week. 
Uh, so next Sunday, outside um, at the church, um, and there'll be announcements on that coming to you uh, this week. So please pay attention to that as we're prepping, planning for that. Obviously, that's going to be weather contingent, um, and we are not ready to be back together in our cute little very small space um, this upcoming Sunday. We're not ready for that quite yet, given where things are rolling. Uh, one last piece. Um, this is the first Sunday of the month, and that means that this is a communion Sunday. If you had a chance to pick up a, one of our pre-prepared communion uh, shots with a little wafer on top. That's great. If you did not, if you have not picked that up, uh, take a little bit of time in this service to get yourself something to drink, um, preferably juice or fruit of the vine if you've got it, um, and a piece of bread so that when we share together in the Lord's Supper later in the service, all of us can participate at the same time. Uh, so again, this is going to be a communion service today. Um, if you don't have one of the pre-prepared glasses, um, at some point during the service, go pick that up. Uh, just pop by your kitchen, get what you need so that we can share in this meal together. Um, let's move on a little bit. Um, and the next bit of music we're listening to... Um, you know, I was reflecting, it's, it's been quite a while since uh, we and our, uh, our British friends uh, separated from one another. And as a, as a way to recall um, that the bonds of Christian fellowship extend even across the divide of that American revolution, I was thinking to myself, what is the, what is the potentially most British thing we could do hymn-wise? Um, and I think I found that. Um, so we are going to uh, listen to Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer from the Episcopal uh, hymnal. Um, and not just sung at any Episcopal church, at any Episcopal worship, but at the most British thing I can possibly think of. So that'll be our next hymn. Um, and uh, see if you can guess why this is so British as we watch and listen to it.
Well, that was about as uh, about as British as we could get as a way of saying, you know, no hard feelings. No hard feelings at all. Um, and honestly, lately, um, I think we could appreciate, at least I could appreciate, having one of those hats to wear. I don't think I would be giving my hair's almost Camilla Parker Bowles there. Uh, but it's good to hear that and to know that after all these years, we're still in it together with our British brothers and sisters, even if our forms are different. So right now, as, as we reflect on letting bygones be bygones this 4th of July weekend, uh, let's together go to God in prayer. Let's, let's say a word of prayer. God of grace and God of love. There are times in our lives when we're receptive to your changing work in us. We set aside our angers, and through your grace, kindness comes easy to us. We set aside our resentment and find a heart of forgiveness. But at other times, Lord, we are just so stubborn. We won't let you work in us. We embrace our anxiety. We kindle the fires of our anger. We let ourselves become hard and dry and empty. Remind us, gracious God, that you are at work in us to change us, to shape us in the way that Jesus taught. Help us to find our way past our own stubborn cussedness and towards you. In Christ, help us become more gracious every day. Amen. So hear now the good news. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save us. He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to what is good. Friends, I declare to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Well, we've heard a song by Benjamin Britten, and we have watched the royal family do the most British of British things. And so right now, let's, uh, let's reflect on today by, uh, by playing a version and listening to a version, reflecting on a version of Hymn number 338 in the New Presbyterian Hymnal. Um, that hymn is America the Beautiful. And I had to go digging around for the best possible version of that. And what I ended up settling down on uh, was this version we're going to listen to right here. Um, it's from 1972 on the Dick Cavett Show. And it's being sung and played and performed for us by Ray Charles. So let's listen to Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful. For heroes proved 
in liberating strife who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life America mm, America Something like this.
And that was Brother Ray Charles on the Dick Cavett Show in 1972, offering up America the Beautiful. Um, it is just a fine version of a fine song, and it's a, I've been needing to hear that myself lately, so it's, it's good to hear uh, Brother Ray offering that up. We're now together going to go to God in Scripture. Uh, we're going to listen to today's scripture readings, uh, which are uh, read for us this morning by Elder Krista Beyer. So we're going to listen to Krista bring us scripture, um, and I will virtually invite her forward now to give us today's first two readings. The first reading is from Psalm 145, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The next reading is from the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. The voice of my beloved... Look, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Krista, for that reading of Scripture. We're now at the point in the service where we've been drawing forward a worship buddy. Uh, that's one of the little tiny stuffed animal guys who hangs out at our church, uh, waiting for kids to pick them up and keep them company during the service. And Well, this week's worship buddy is the same as last week's worship buddy. I always say, let a sleeping dog lie. And so there he's lying again, just sitting there looking all sweet and, and easy. And... Um, I've been thinking as we've looked our way through worship buddy time and listening to different versions of Jesus Loves Me, what, what version of Jesus Loves Me could we listen to this week? And in the quest to find every possible music form, musical form of Jesus Loves Me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, um, I was looking at something that felt a little summery now that we're at the height of the summer season, something that 
felt like the beach and you know maybe we can go to the beach and maybe we can't but we can think about going to the beach and think about how much fun it is to sit and splash and play and um, so looking around for a beach like or a beach feeling Jesus loves me um, what we've pulled out this week is a version of Jesus loves me by a a group called Gospelipso which is offering up for us Jesus loves me um, on a mix of different instruments, but primarily on steel drum, because that gets me to thinking of beach life. So let us uh, listen to Jesus Loves Me um, on steel drums and other instruments played by the group Gospel Lipso. That was the group Gospelipso playing Jesus Loves Me uh, because that's, that's how we're feeling. Uh, right now, let's go to God again in Scripture. Um, our next Scripture reading for today is going to be drawn from the Gospel of Matthew. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. And then on to verse 25 and 30. That's Matthew 11, 16 through 19. And then on again to verses 25 through 30. Let us listen again for God's holy word. Jesus says, But to what will I compare this generation? 
It's like children sitting in the marketplaces calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, so no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations and the hearts and the minds of each and every one gathered here, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight. O our rock and our redeemer, amen. Freedom is a strange thing, and we are at that time of year when we Americans tend to think a bunch about freedom, about those truths we hold to be self-evident, of equality, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it's kind of a strange time to reflect on what it means to be free, because things haven't been feeling free and easy for the last several months. Our lives right now are just bounded about with constraints. They've had so many more boundaries than we are used to encountering. We've been limiting where we're going. We've been limiting who we're seeing. We've been limiting what we're doing. We've been masking up. We've been applying hand sanitizer where we felt it. We have been having to constantly think about what we're doing. And I think for a lot of folks, that hasn't felt free. And so here we are, and we've had months of sacrifice and straining, and we still don't feel free. <laughs> and we still don't feel like things are right, and it's well past Easter, it's the 4th of July, and if we look at how things are around us, that we're not done. This pandemic's not beaten at all. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. Caseloads are now in the United States at record levels, twice what they were in March when we first were forced to shut the whole thing down. That was months ago, spring break, when I came up to this house, this cabin by the lake with family, and they, my kids realized they're not going back to college. Everything is shutting down, and that feels like forever ago. And yet, here I am, and things aren't better. There's a data tracking site that looks at rates of the spread of this infection against what they call an R number, meaning reproduction. An R of one means one infected person only infects one other infected person. That means things are stable. If you have something below an R number of one, it means 
that cases are diminishing. And above that, it means you don't have it under control. Things are still growing and spreading. And of the 50 states of these United States of America, only 10 are declining now. One of those is the great state of Maryland, which is starting to see declines. It is a hard-fought struggle, and I'm proud to say Virginia is another. Both are below that magic number. Both are seeing caseloads diminish. We have fought and we have worked hard for that, you Marylanders, and I, as a Virginian, we have made sacrifices, but in most of the other states of the Union, 36 of the other states of the Union, it's spreading in ways that are problematic. And I think there's a reason for that. A large number of us have taken the necessary constraint that we have to have if we're going to deal with this as an offense to freedom and have refused to pitch in to help stop this thing. They have stomped about and demonstrated and angrily tweeted the word FREEDOM in all caps every time anyone asks them to join in the fight against this virus. There is, in fact, today scheduled a demonstration in Austin, Texas, of people who don't want to be told they have to wear masks when they go into a business. And they're there with their signs and their wearing flags and waving flags. But I don't think they understand what freedom means. And if we are going to go through this weekend celebrating freedom in America as a nation, while still in real jeopardy of having to go back to step one of us having to be not leaving our houses, that's problematic because it means that for all of our talk about freedom, nearly alone among nations, we haven't gotten this right. And I think the reason we haven't is because freedom <laughs> has meaning. And if people aren't willing to understand how liberty works together in a society, we're never going to get this right. Because freedom is both very, very easy, and it's really hard. To be free, to be yourself, to have integrity, there needs to be more. Freedom requires a sense of purpose towards freedom, a sense of duty to the idea of freedom, the ideals of freedom, a sense that goes beyond just surface and is something that gives your life, your actions, and your person cohesion. I mean, sure, freedom exists when we're able to choose, but there's more to freedom than just not caring about anyone but yourself. Because that's just pure chaos. And all of us know people who embody the reality of chaos. And chaos isn't free. It just is the tearing down of all things. And if all you do is tear down folks around you and disrupt whatever system you're in and do whatever you feel like in the moment, how are you growing? You're not. How are you free? You're not. Because without a sense of purpose and commitment to liberty for all, freedom is just entropy and decay. And what Jesus offers us is not that. It is not freedom understood as absence of direction. And as Christians, we hear his voice calling us to be both free, but also disciples. And here in today's passage from Matthew's gospel, he remarks on the very human tendency 
not to see what's right in front of our noses. And our ability to find reasons to use our God-given liberty to every day move deeper into graciousness, new and wonderful goodness. Find ways to not do that because we just don't want to. As examples, he gives us a little song. See, he was looking at and had been encountering the response of Judeans to the message of gospel goodness that he had borne and that John the Baptist had prepared people for. And so he went back into the memory of every one of his listeners and reminded those around him that they knew what it was like when people wouldn't play the game with one another. That for as long as they'd been alive, since they were children, they knew that there were some people who will just never get along no matter what. So he, he sang this song for them, this, this song that was familiar to them. It was a song that children used to play to each other. We played the flute for you, you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. And that's a way of saying, why won't you just do what we're doing. Why won't you be part of this? It's a song that children would sing to each other saying, it doesn't matter what song we're singing. It doesn't matter whether we're saying, let's play a happy game. You won't do it. Let's play a sad game. You won't do it. No matter what we do, you won't join in. And Jesus saw that when he had proclaimed his message, there were people who heard his message in just that way. They found excuses not to listen. Not reasons, excuses. Like for John the Baptist's message. John, who proclaimed that someone was coming who was going to set everything right. The reason that Judeans didn't like him was and that he must have been wrong. John must be wrong because he's not part of the people. He sets himself apart in the desert. They would say, man, look at that wacko John out in the desert. He's eating bugs. He's wearing funny outfits. He's got to be crazy. There's no reason to listen to anything he says. And so Jesus comes along and he sits down with them and he sits down with everyone. He sits down with the rich, but he also sits down with the outcasts and the broken. He sits down with those who were in a good position in society, but he also sits down with others. He would be with you no matter who you were. And so he's doing the opposite thing that John is doing, but no, the song doesn't matter. People are like, well, look at Jesus constantly eating and drinking with everybody. What kind of holy man does that? He's just in it for the free food and the drink. The only reason they weren't listening was because they wouldn't listen. They didn't want to be changed. They didn't want to be made new. They didn't want to find that new path of gracious living together that Jesus offered. What they weren't willing to embrace as persons created free was the call to use their personhood, their freedom, their liberty as God intends it to be used. Because the freedom that Jesus offers, the freedom that God gives us, is not meant to be a freedom to be selfish. That's always a choice. But it's not that there is nothing expected of us. And Jesus does say, look, this is an easy yoke. It's a light burden. But that doesn't mean there's no expectation 
or that we're meant to bear and do nothing. There is a yoke. There is a burden. And it's one that lifts us up and defines us. If we claim to value liberty, the measure of how much we value liberty isn't the degree to which we value just our own freedom. Because if I only care about the freedom that only extends, this is it, this is it, I'm free to do whatever I want, and I don't care about anybody else, then I don't care about freedom. It's the degree to which we are willing to defend and seek the freedom of others. And now there are plenty of folks who are willing to go on and on about that, who are always mad about themselves. But God values all of us. We have to be willing to value everyone. I think we get muddled about that. And lately we've seemed to get muddled about that here. Here we are, a nation established on the sacred principle that our Creator endowed us with inalienable rights, and what we're best at is complaining about folks who don't think the way we do, or complaining when anything is expected of us. How dare you violate my right to not wear a mask just because you don't want to die, just because you want finally to be able to go out and be with other people. How dare you do that? How dare you suggest that I should sacrifice just because my not sacrificing will mean when you write it out across many, many other people, the deaths of tens of thousands of Americans? I mean, that's what our choosing that kind of freedom has done, is this disease has infected more Americans and killed more Americans than it has the people of any other nation. This is an American virus now, and it's playing off of that nasty other virus that doesn't understand our responsibility, our duty to the freedom of all. That's not the kind of freedom we're meant to understand as Americans, nor is it the kind of freedom that Jesus offers. Because the yoke that Jesus shows us is the cross, the willingness to take ourselves, our lives, and love our neighbor completely. It is a mark of our fundamental duty to show care and compassion to the other. And the burden Jesus calls us up to take up is also the cross, the willingness to, from a heart moved by grace, to sacrifice all for the good of all with a heart of grace. That if we are Christian and American, is where we find the meaning and purpose of the freedom that God gives all of us. And it's not a selfish freedom. It's not a freedom we feel we should have to beat on others, because that's not how freedom works. You can't force someone. But it's where we seek to care for others, to offer up goodness to others, to offer up grace to one another, and to do everything in our power as free people to set other people at ease, and to make the world better. That's the challenge that's before us on this long July 4th weekend.
finding a way to use our freedom so that it measures up against God's grace and against that burden that is easy and that yoke that is light. Let us understand our freedom today in the light of all that Jesus did for us and to see our duty to others in the light of his free choice to give himself fully for us. Let that be so for me and for you. Amen. Well, we've, we've listened a bit for God's word. And what we're going to do now is share in that meal that Jesus offered to all of us. Because when Jesus visualized what it, what it meant to be faithful, what it meant to be together and gracious and good to one another, Jesus offered us the heart of that teaching as a meal. As a meal given in hope, given in grace to everyone. That meal, this, this Lord's Supper that we're going to partake, cup and bread together, is a table that is set before all of us. And anyone who wants to set their lives down the path of Christ, who wants to choose for that gracious way, is welcome at this table. And so now let's, let's say a word of thanksgiving. Let the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts, because we know it is right to give our thanks and praise. Today we remember, as we gather around this meal, that God's purpose for us was always good. We were placed in the garden, in a garden of goodness and abundance, as free creatures. And the Lord said to us, all of this is yours. Tend it, care for it. Only there's one thing I don't want you to take of. I don't want you to take a bite out of that, that fruit at the center of the garden because then you will know both good and evil. And you'll forget yourselves. I will not stop you from taking that fruit. The Lord left us truly free. But he asked, please don't. And folks can be cussed and stubborn and go after things they need not to. And so that's exactly what we did. We used our God-given freedom to bite out of that fruit. And what we knew was evil then. We knew shame. We knew recrimination. We knew condemning. We knew how to blame others for things. It was really just our own fault. And from that place... We cast ourselves out of the garden. But God did not give up on us. God continued to pursue us through a covenant offered to a covenant people, through words of restorative justice and grace and mercy offered up by prophets who were lit up by the light of God. All of those things God offered to us as God pursued us but we didn't receive them. 
And so God knew that war would be necessary, that more needed to be offered. And so God did that. Remembering what God did. I say, holy, holy, holy Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And what God did, we know, was Jesus. God wrapped his own word in flesh and came among us, teaching us, caring for us, guiding us, sustaining us, healing us, and trying to call us to a way of grace and goodness that was always his purpose for our lives. And Jesus did all of those things. But Jesus also knew that we would resist him from our cussed refusal to use our freedom in the most gracious of ways, we heard him as a threat to our wealth, to our power, to our greed, to our pride. And Jesus knew how much loving us and showing us the way would cost him. Remembering that, together we would say, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. If you've got your, your bread and your cup, your elements, I'm going to say a word over them now, just as I pray over the elements I have prepared here for myself. Let us in each our own places call to God's Holy Spirit to move through this meal. Well, let's say a word of prayer. Gracious God, we ask your blessing on these elements that we have before us each in different places, and yet each of us called to partake of the same Spirit. Let your Spirit rest with grace and goodness upon this meal that it might nourish us in the way to which Jesus has called us. This we pray. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, knowing that all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. On the night before he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his friends in a room. And together they shared a meal as was the custom of his people. At the beginning of that meal, Jesus broke bread that they all might partake. But as he broke that bread in their presence, he said to them, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And together they took and they ate. At the end of the meal, it was the custom of Christ's people to pour out one last 
cup of wine. And so Jesus did. But as he poured out that cup in their presence, he said to them, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, remember me. And so together, we drink and we remember. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this humble meal shared in our separate places, shared in our separate homes, and yet bound together, woven together by the grace of your Spirit. Gracious Lord, let this meal nourish us that we might be strengthened in our calling to follow Jesus in all things. Guide us, Lord, through his grace, through his mercy, through his love, so that we together might be his holy people, using our God-given freedoms to build up and heal this broken world. As we offer up this prayer, we also remember that whenever we come before Christ in private prayer and together, he reminded us and taught us how to pray. And so together in our places, we offer up that prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are now here um, in separate places, uh, but as we offer ourselves to God, as we commit ourselves to God, we remember that this ministry is sustained by your support. Right above me is our website address, and you can go to that place um, and go to the bottom of the page and find a way to continue to donate to this ministry, or you can find the address of the church, which is Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. That's Poolsville Presbyterian Church, P.O. Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837, where you can mail your support to this ministry. Everything you do helps us continue to bring God's goodness to our little community. Well, right now we're going to uh, listen to a little bit more music. Um, this will be uh, Robert Shaw directing the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra and Chorus uh, singing uh, a piece from Handel's Messiah. His yoke is easy. So let's uh, watch and listen to that now.
That was Robert Shaw, um, and you can tell uh, that that was back in the day when uh, clearly that's from the 1980s or so the, so the hair lets us know. Um, we're now at the point where we are just about concluding our worship for today. And next week we will be working to gather outside in person. Um, obviously that's weather contingent. Um, so keep an eye on your worship. We were your worship bulletin and email information. Clearly, um, we're going to still do this. So if you're remote, if you're not here in this place, you are more than welcome to join us from a distance. Uh, we'll continue to do this Facebook and podcast thing from the church. So now um, we're reminded of... The, the challenge of freedom today, that freedom is both a tremendously easy thing, just the most straightforward thing in our lives, but it's also really hard to use it well, that our freedom to do as we please can lead us to places of joy and grace and transformation, but it can also trap us in selfishness and close-heartedness and bitterness. We are free to choose. And that is where the guidance and discipline and duty of Christian faith places us. That we are given the ability to do good, gracious, and kind things. That we're given the ability to take our freedom and use it to strengthen neighbor, to strengthen our community, and to help our nation guide itself on paths of goodness. That is always the challenge in freedom because it is both the easiest thing and also hard. And that's true for so much in life. Hold on to that truth and the convictions of your freedom this week as you go out and freely share grace, goodness, and forbearance with all those around you. And as you freely take on the duties that help us keep our neighbors, our communities, and all people safe. So now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us today and tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen. To take us out today, um, to get us leaving our service today, I'm going to offer up um, one last bit of music. And what we're going to hear now is um, the American Spiritual Ensemble um, and Hope Kohler singing, I want to be ready, uh, because we all do. Uh, we need to be prepared. Um, but this version of I Want to Be Ready from Hope Kohler um, is, reflects some of what we're going to be seeing in this church's American spiritual events over the course of the next several weeks, up to and including this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, my understanding is we may actually have a conversation with Ms. Kohler as part of that, um, as she helps us unpack, explore, and understand the place of the spiritual in the American journey. So let's now together send ourselves out of worship by listening to I Want to Be Ready 
Um, this is Hope Kohler and the American Spiritual Ensemble. Let's give a listen and a watch. taking us out of worship today uh, with I Want to Be Ready. And I hope all of you are ready for your week, however it may guide. And I hope it is a blessed week for all of you. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs>